Welcome to The Say Rete, a Bleach fandom community podcast brought to you by Body Doubles. Have you ever been locked in a head-to-head showdown with your longtime arch nemesis and found yourself just a little too worried that you might get sliced in half? Or maybe you want to try Kenpachi's Araki on for size. Learn what it's like to fight against yourself. I mean, the uses are almost endless. You know, you can you can make illusory body doubles of yourself, Aizen style, so that your small former lieutenant end up stabbed by her childhood best oh. friend. Or, you know, or a Ron Car's coming to kidnap one of your most loyal candy shop patrons. You can you can use an inflatable gee guy as a body double. I Listen, I'm not saying we should have seen it coming, but it's certainly not the most surprised I've ever been. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Del, and today I am joined by Nomi. Hello, hello. You had to throw shade on poor Momo there. Yeah, I did, specifically because you are co-hosting with me today. I thought about not doing it, by the way. I thought about keeping it to this arc specifically, but then I started thinking back, and I was like, oh, no, this is something we've seen before, and it was just so specific. And it's one of the most salient and plot important uses of body double adjacent stuff we've seen. So I don't feel any regret. No, yeah, it was good. And it brings points up, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. You know, so far, uh, I have felt excited to talk about every pairing of episodes that we've that we've watched, but this is maybe the first time that I feel like we've gotten a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of action because they've all been really action packed, but I think this is the most time that we've spent dwelling on fights, except for Opie, but that was like a different setup, you know, yeah. that was meant to last a long time on purpose for plot reasons. This is now we're like, oh, we're in the Seirete. These are the pairings that we've established. And we're actually going to spend most of these episodes on individual fights. It's a different pace. I'm into it. Yeah, definitely. Especially like the main fight of these ones. It's We've been here, what, this is the second episode, second and third episode we've seen these these specific two together? Yes, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Mm. Getting into the crux of it all. Yeah. Getting into the crux of it all massively. Uh, I'm also enjoying watching the episodes come out weekly. That's a process that I, was, I wasn't I was sure how I was going to feel. And mm-hmm. I like being made to wait, actually. <laughs> it makes me pay better attention. I like not being able to binge it. Yes, yeah. And like me and my sister have been trialing different ways of doing it. We tried... waiting a fortnight and doing podcast notes and watching it for the first time that didn't work oh my gosh no that's way too (laughs) I've been watching them as they've been coming out and then I watch them again with a different lens as I prepare for the podcast yeah I I want to watch them once just to watch them because that's how I've watched all of Bleach you know that's so that's what we did this week we watched the first one when it came out then we had to skip last Monday because she my sister wasn't feeling very well Uh, so we did double back so we watched it once with just watching it then we had dinner then we watched both episodes again but oh my god podcasting and manga anime differences and stuff all than that so mm. yeah we had a a bleach night last night <laughs> oh god oh it feels so good 
but it took it like I thought I'd get tired watching the same thing twice so did I oh my gosh yeah (laughs) but I'm not usually the type of person if I've watched something once I won't watch it again I will either watch something like a literal hundred times or I will watch it once and never think about it again there's really nothing in between for me exactly yeah so I'm actually quite surprised that I am that that I think it's just goes to show how much I love Bleach that I'm willing to and that I'm able to sit down and watch it and these episodes are just so good that I would watch them again and again yep same and it's also not like I'm watching them for the plot because I've read this arc of the manga I know what happens I know what comes next I'm not surprised by the series of events so I'm purely watching it for emotion and directorial choices and cool action sequences and voice acting oh my god oh, oh. Yes. oh we're, gonna, we're gonna hit that later but holy moly <laughs> oh I'm obsessed I'm obsessed uh. oh <laughs> But with that, should we just get into it then? If we've got so much to say about them. Yes, let's. Okay. So this week, one of the episodes we're covering is Bleach episode 371, Wrath as Lightning, where we start off at the Research and Development Institute with Rin alerting the Soul Society to the fact that Ichigo is on his way and that his Bankai can't be stolen. That would be fine, however, if Ichigo weren't stuck in Opie's jail. Fitting that his designated letter stands for that. As the Soul Society realised that Ichigo is trapped, Jidanbo, seemingly out of character, attacks the researchers, leaving Ichigo alone and hearing the sounds of his friends and other Soul Reapers calling out for help as one by one they fall at the hands of their attackers. Speaking of Opie, he doesn't last for long. He's about to attack Kisuke Chadanohime when he's taken taken down by a mysterious Zanpakuto and a burst of red light. Meanwhile, in Soul Society, we have Byakua facing off against Asnot, trying to figure out his abilities. He thinks it's poison, but Asnot reveals that it is instead fear. Everyone who is struck down by one of his thorns is immobilized in fear. Byakua tries to continue to fight, but Asnot uses Byakua's own Bankai against him. Renji tries to save him, but is taken out by Master Masculine. Asnot then delivers a seemingly devastating blow on Byakua. Across the Serete, Yahabaha and Jugram are noting their fights happening when Kempachi shows up, dropping three defeated Quincy at the king's feet and then attacks him. Shuhei is in worse shape against his Quincy, but is saved by none other than Yamamoto himself, who engages Driscoll into a fight. Only Driscoll lives up to his overkill moniker and attacks Yamamoto with his own lieutenant's Bankai. Not to be deterred and after a flashback, Yamamoto defeats Driscoll. Across the Serete, Shinigami are buoyed by their commander joining the front lines and all gain the strength to continue with their own fights. And that brings us into episode 372, The Fire. We shift briefly to the comparatively peaceful Karakura town, where Uryu is paging through his grandfather Soken's journal. To his surprise, Uryu finds references to a Quincy extermination 1,000 years ago, not 200 years ago, as he'd expected. But a fuller picture begins to form as he reads on, discovering that, a 1,000 years ago, a Quincy empire called Licht Reich decided to destroy all hollows, and during that time, Soul Society, with a mysterious flame-wreathed figure at the helm, opposed them. Additionally, 200 years before the present day, the Shinigami made an executive decision to wipe out all Quincy, because the Shinigami regarded them as a threat to balance. Back in Soul Society, things are heating up 
quite literally. <laughs> Captains and lieutenants all across the Seirete recognize that Head Captain Yamamoto has activated his massive fiery Shikai. And with that, the rematch of the millennium between Yamamoto and Yuhabaha begins. As Ryuji and Jaka's flames engulf them, the two reminisce in a way about the carnage of days gone by, but that certainly doesn't stop Yamamoto from pulling out all the stops and pulling all of the moisture out of the air and, for the first time in Bleach history, activating his Bankai, Zanka no Tachi. It's one hell of a Bankai, almost literally. Zanka no Tachi has four distinct abilities, each corresponding to a cardinal direction. It's blasts of energy from the east, an envelopment in extraordinary heat from the west, a literal horde of reheated corpses from the south, and a deadly incinerating strike from the north, all of which Yamamoto unleashes against Yuhabaha, and enabling him to slice Yuhabaha in half. Or not? Nope, sorry, turns out Yuhabaha was using Royd Lloyd, aka Stern Ritter, why the yourself as a body double, and was actually spending all of that time asking the imprisoned Sosuke Aizen to join forces, which, turns out, was not a great use of his time because Aizen, who's been chilling in the underground prison, strapped to. A, a chair? The wall? Both? <laughs> Flat out refused him. So, I mean, I guess it's nice to know that someone can successfully draw boundaries with Yuhabaha, I guess. Anyway, the next thing we know, the real Yuhabaha emerges behind Yamamoto, taunts him into going Bankai again, promptly steals Yamamoto's Bankai, <laughs> Yeah, oops, uh, and then bids Yamamoto a very final-sounding farewell, and then slashes his blade downward, drawing the captain commander's blood. Whew. There's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's also, it's like, I don't know. Over the course of these episodes, maybe like five to six core, very important things happened, and I actually felt like the episode spent an adequate amount of time on all of them. I didn't feel like we were just scraping the surface or anything. Exactly, yeah. There's, I definitely feel that we've learned a lot that hopefully is going to get told more details. We're scratching the surface, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels that we're almost at the end of it. I don't know. Sort of. Like, well, I think we're sort of learning at a similar pace to the characters, because if you think about, mm. like, Uryu had to go and seek out additional information because he didn't know what was going on. And so he's just encountering all of this for the first time, for example. And and so are we as the audience. Likewise, there are a lot of folks in Soul Society that have definitely never seen Yamamoto's Bankai before, and there's no way they're all keeping track of these four cardinal directions and the moves that correspond to them. So if we as the audience are kind of just like overwhelmed by the sheer power and quantity, that that kind of feels about right. Like, I don't mm-hmm. mind that I don't have a deep understanding of a lot of what's going on yet. I feel... I feel, I, I feel, you know what? Six episodes in, I am trusting this arc of the anime with pacing and with information, I realize. Like, they've earned my trust in that regard. Yeah, 
I feel like they are giving us the information as we need to know, yep. which is something maybe that previous seasons didn't do as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas this season is definitely, yes, okay, it may seem that we're going too quickly, but we've still got a long way to go. We do. And I prefer this to being spoon fed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, this 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 is perfect. This is we don't need to be spoon-fed nor do we need it in 50 million flashbacks. I think at the oh, moment Oh god, right. <laughs> it's given it's giving to us in a way and we we spoke about last episode how the Ashida scenes are completely added. The mm-hmm. anime adding in these Ashida scenes to tell us is a good way forward. Yep, agreed. And you know what? Yeah. It makes the flashbacks that we do get feel earned. Is the flashback with Sasuke Bay the first extended flashback we've gotten? I feel yes. like it is. Oh my I god, he's so excited. freaking cute. Yeah. God, I love him. I love him. I love him. Oh, uh, I love, yeah. I love him yeah. too. Oh, he's <sighs> precious. I'd say we should protect him, but it's a little late for that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> a little late for that, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Well... Um. <laughs> Should we get into the manga and anime differences so that we can really unpack some of this? Yes, <laughs> instead we of just fan souling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> hard, <laughs> honestly. Uh, so, uh, Bleach episode three hundred and seventy-one is volume fifty-seven out of Bloom. So, this is the start of the new volume. We've got uh, chapter five hundred, Rescuer in the Deep Dark, five hundred one, Here, Fear here and that's oh, here yeah. as in hearing things fear and then here was in the here and now so it's oh, two different yeah, spellings I of here that. 502 falling cherry blossoms 503 is the episode title wrath as lightning 504 beyond thunder and 505 the fire so staying strong with six chapters and to be honest since we've had the news that Kubo has been on board with telling the director what to take out. I've been a bit more lenient on manga anime differences. Yeah, good. I think that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, The major point is that in the manga, we don't actually see who Rukia is fighting, whereas in the anime, we get a little Mm. glimpse. So a lot of longtime manga readers have always wondered who Rukia was fighting in that that scene. And we finally get confirmation of who that is. Neat. Um, there's a bit in the manga that's cut from the anime and it's after we see Byakura, he's had his speech and mm. it kind of fades to black and then it goes over to Yohabaha and Drugum. Mm. Drugum says, oh, it seems that Byakura is dead. And then they talk mm-hmm. about him for a bit longer, whereas that gets mm. cut from the anime. Oh, I guess they just want to keep us on our toes or something. Yeah. Sorry, I think this is so, oh man, this experience is just so different because I know that I've said this on the podcast before, but like I do, I remember reading these chapters as they come out and I remember the fandom reaction to that, like, what? He killed Bia? And people were not happy. (laughs) Like, yeah, I can imagine that when I saw the difference, I was like, that must have been the bit that caused the uproar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It and and there was uproar. There was a lot of uproar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. And then we've got um. 
as you said, the extended scene with Chijiro, uh, we actually see Chijiro using his Bankai and how his Bankai works in the anime, which is really cool because we don't it's get so to cool. see how it works in the manga. It's so lovely. And then they get added dialogue between them and any time of seeing Chijiro looking up to Yamamoto and just being his adorable little loyal self is anything. Mm. Mm. And then in the manga, Hisagi tries to save Yamamoto because oh my god really <laughs> yeah Yamamoto's just kind of standing there after Driscoll's attacked him with the uh, with his uh, with um Chijiro's Bankai oh, and Hasagi's wow. like he's not doing anything I should go save him so he tries oh. to go save Yamamoto and Yamamoto's like I'm I'm okay I'm right here absolutely <laughs> did not remember that that's really well because I just always think of <laughs> the part of the way this is listen if I had a nickel for every time Yamamoto <laughs> stepped in to save Hasagi specifically I would have two nickels which is not a lot but it's weird that it happens twice because <laughs> he does this during the Winter War, too. I just said, yes, he was it's saying so that. I was silly. like, oh my god. Like, what's, what is that about? I, I mean, and maybe he sees Hisagi as a particularly promising person, which I get. Like, Hisagi's a really hard worker. Hisagi's got a lot going for him. But I'm also like, huh. I would uh, like to, like, I would like to ask Yamamoto what the deal with that is. <laughs> I mean, I from Hisagi's point of view, I kind of feel bad for Hisagi because twice now he's had to be rescued by the captain commander. Yeah, and it's not like Hisagi's ever beaten himself up about anything in his life, so I'm sure he won't feel scarred, right? Oh. Yeah, he's a well-adjusted young man. Of course he is, yes. Where's his sense of justice? Oh, uh, you, but you also can't ask him that question either, because that's no. definitely also too painful. <laughs> uh, oh. uh, this is not a hate on Hisagi episode. We no, no, no. Oh, no. Parentheses affectionate after all of these sentences. Are you kidding me? Oh, bless him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's all the manga anime differences for that one. Holy moly. Okay, cool. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, so this is the one of the first fights that I, uh, Byakuya versus Asnot, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the fights that I have been looking forward to seeing animated mm-hmm. f- f- from for- forever. This is, one, this is one of my favorite fights in this arc, full stop. Just, it, that's it. One of my favorite fights. <laughs> Whoa, no. One of my favorite fights in this arc, full stop. Mm. Yeah, and seeing it, it's been like, I'm not as, au fait on the manga as I was had I read it like just recently mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of it that I'm seeing for the first time or going I don't remember this happening um mm. <clears throat> like big things so it's almost like I'm seeing it completely new even though there were big things that I knew like I knew Yahabaha wasn't going to be Yahabaha so well, right yeah <laughs> like I remember the big things but I don't remember who fights who and Quincy's names and stuff so oh the f- okay cool yeah so the fight with Asnot and it, I mean he's a pretty he's a pretty big character that yes I did remember him a little bit but I couldn't remember that it was fear and I couldn't remember Ooh, how okay. that all manifested and I think Seeing Biakua in this fight and seeing his character development, we've had this Biakua character development throughout the whole of the past his arc is seasons. incredible. Yeah, and now seeing it culminating in the fact that his fear is losing Rukia, mm-hmm. it just hits you. 
And it's just like, you've come so far. My little cherry blossom. Huh. Well, I'm also like, you say that, but I actually wonder how many of Byakuya's arguably less than awesome choices can be tied to a fear of losing Rukia in some way. I actually think that's something he's been afraid of for a long time. Huh. I mean, if you think about even in the very beginning of Bleach, when we meet Rukia, she's powerful, but and of course, like whatever, there's Hogyoku bullshit, but she's she's not a seated officer and she could be. That is entirely mm-hmm. because of Byakuya, right? Yeah. Byakuya's whole internal conflict when Rukia is slated for execution wouldn't be as big a conflict if he cared less about losing her, right? Like, he feels like he was forced into making this choice and his whole, like, hmm, how do I want to say this? It's, it, like, it's 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 the most difficult, probably, to tie his decisions in the very first arc to this, but I just think you see how much it pains him to have to go through with the execution. I think that's what I mean. Yeah. So... I, I and I, I think he's he's a fairly he's a strong guy, all things considered, and when he has moments of uncertainty, a lot of it I think can actually be tied to Rukia, because Rukia's part of his pride too. Yeah. <clears throat> Could it be then though that at the start he wasn't afraid of losing Rukia per se, he was afraid of losing his last connection to his dead wife. But yeah, now I the- actually don't think I think it's hard to separate those things. Yes, hundred yeah. oh, percent. Okay. Yeah. So but then going moving on and seeing how much Rukia now means to him, it's n- not less of losing his last connection to Hasana, but it is actually more to do with losing Rukio as a whole. Oh, sure. Yeah, because he's come to see her more as her own person, I think, mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. Yeah, that seems correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. There. So there are a couple of things in this fight that really excite me. Uh, and one of them, I wanted to ask you a question. Okay. And... It's in direct regard to something that Asnot says to Byakuya. So Asnot being Sternritter F, the fear, he has his own breakdown of what he believes fear means. And we see how it impacts Byakuya pretty visually. And it, sidebar, can, once again, I am thrilled by how graphic and gory and like unpleasant so much of this animation is. Oh, I'm great. living, living, like not just the freaking corpse stuff. Like that was pretty nasty, but like the flies and, and just like the, the mm. little, the, oh, the, the, the blood is everywhere. Oh, it just, yeah. oh God, the stakes are so high and it's so, it's just so, it drives emotion in a way that something censored more thoroughly w- d- doesn't for, for me anyway, uh, often. So yay, hooray. Yay. Um, yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Asnot says, fear that has a cause is easy because you can remove the cause, but true fear doesn't have a cause. He talks about it being an emotion, and he talks about it being an instinct, without cause, without limit, and then he says, we cannot escape our instincts. Now, my understanding, and granted, like, the person whose soul world we've had the most access to is Ichigo, but... I think that one of the themes of power development in Bleach is that you need to rely on your instincts in order to level up. So is Asnot incredibly powerful against Soul Reapers specifically because instinct 
is a foundation for so much of what they do. I guess, what do you think about his description of fear in general, but like especially in the context of Soul Reaper abilities? Yeah, I feel like having fear is an instinct. It would be one of those things that in the, in the academy, Shinigami would be taught to repress. Repress the mm-hmm. instinct of fear because you fear, you hesitate. Mm, yes. If, if you hesitate against the hollow, that's you done. And I think hesitation can be closely linked to that instinct of fear. They're both instincts. So as not fighting Shinigami, they've all probably been taught inherently to suppress this instinctual fear. So he is powerful enough to break through that instinct up against maybe some of the lesser, you know, the ones who have never even seen a hollow before, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably a little bit more easier. But yeah, I'd say. And if you think as well about the fact that Yahabaha said that the reason linking to Yamamoto's Bankai, the Quincy has to be stronger and strong enough to handle the Bankai of the person they're capturing. Oh, yeah. So that makes Asnot right up there with definite strength, which is why he can manage to break through whatever barrier they've put up to stop themselves from instinctually being fearful. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. made any sense in that moment. No, I think it does. I think <laughs> yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's a fascinating way to think about what drives you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't think through our actions we just act and a lot of the time it is those really primal visceral i guess yeah instincts that are that that lead to that lead to like direct action you know and so it's cool especially because byakuya is so like when we met him he was so carefully cultivated so Mm -hmm. now to see a, a version of byakuya who becomes more comfortable acting on instinct is it's uh, it's it's really satisfying and it's also like really s- scary. He also oh god after Asnot says that, Byakuya just like screams like loudly as he runs toward Asnot and he would never have done that when we first met him and I just felt really proud. Yeah, he's he's he, you can see that he's unrattled, he's unnerved, he's trying to his carefully cultivated walls that he's put up around himself more so than any other Shinigami. Like, he doesn't really show emotion, any emotion, let alone fear or whatever. So all of that has just gone crumbling down, reduced to mere flies, if we're going with that symmetry. And he's throwing all caution to the wind and whatever unhealthy thinking habits he's got going on, he's just going straight and acting and reacting. Totally. My other question about this fight is, um, thoughts on Renji, your Bankai is the only thing that can save us. (laughs) I'm I'm so sorry, but like in no world am I, 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 God bless Renji, but statistically... I just don't see it. I mean, his bankai is that kind of um, 
that much of a blip in the system that <laughs> they didn't even read the data and them properly masky masculine just like knocks them out with his feet you know yeah. <laughs> my only thought about that was like okay maybe because Renji is Byakuya's lieutenant Renji is in fact uniquely qualified to face off against somebody that that wields Byakuya's bonkai but like that's a st- Stretch to me, even. I mean, oh. I suppose it would be if you've been training with, and I feel like they have been training a lot more. You saw how they I were sure hope the so. previous episode where they were working together. Um, I do think that all Renji wants to do is, you know, surpass be not surpass Biakua, but just be up there with Biakua. Yeah, be honored by Biakua. Is that the right word I'm thinking of? Um, um, notice. Yeah, I mean, that seems correct. Oh, he, you will notice by his senpai, obviously, but yes. <laughs> um, so I feel like Renji would have more inner knowledge of Biakua's Bankai than maybe anyone else. Yeah. It's not the most illogical suggestion. I think it's just that, I don't know, I feel like Renji using his Bankai is more meme than anything. So... <laughs> It's not his fault. It's no. ju- it's not. It's Kubo's fault. I fully blame Kubo for that. <laughs> oh. His Bankai can spit into sections, though, and we have seen where his Bankai has proven effective against Biakura's Bankai before. True. That's true. So, yeah, it was probably just reverting, like, a callback to the when they first fought way back in the day in season three. Um, mm. Biakura's, mm. like... I acknowledge that you almost beat me. I acknowledge that your bankai can hit around my floors. Yeah, Have at it. yeah, yeah. Ugh. We, we all done with Biakua. I think we are. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because moving on from Fear F, we got a lot of information with regards to names, powers, and even like that we've all they've all got this stern writer designated letter that mm. corresponds to what their ultimate in quotation marks power is mm-hmm. um so as not was the fear we had op um j but we never mm-hmm. really got the confirmation until this episode that it's a jail which fitting because mm-hmm. it's stuck we had q <laughs> very stuck <laughs> y and r the question uh which is bernice why is yourself so there's two yourselves because they're twins and there's raw which was jerome remembering oh, names yeah and then we had oh <laughs> the overkill which was Driscoll. oh yeah of course of course yeah so and having these characters I mean, Kenny just kind of haphazardly throws Q, Y, and R on the floor. Oh, yeah. Casual. <laughs> a very casual, kind of comedy in a way. I kind of enjoyed facing oh, yeah. off against myself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just... And Yahabaha referring to Kenpachi as one of... Yeah! Special interests. Yeah, what's that about? That, right? <laughs> and... Yeah, because he says three special interests, doesn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you gotta wonder, is it because they are particularly strong? Is it, like, another thought that I had is, like, we've never seen Kenpachi go Bonkai, so maybe <laughs> it's, like, ooh, mystery Bonkai category? Could it be that? There are... 
I mean, there are a lot of ways that people in Bleach could be considered special, I suppose. But I but it's a question of what is of interest to the Quincy specifically. Yeah. And maybe I mean, it could be something as simple as that Kenpachi is the the key to all of this. Like, because we know Kenpachi is ridiculously strong. Incredibly so. Yes. Um, and he is quite a loose cannon. And I think that's more dangerous than strength sometimes. Yep. Agreed. So by having strength and a loose cannon together, yeah, if I were Yahabaha, I would be scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's either, it, it, I feel like the question is what can Kenpachi do that most other folks can't, with the exception of two other people, ostensibly. <laughs> Keep fighting even though he's dead. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> sure. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so that that's an instance it's like work listen I trust the anime to tell us more about that later when it will become important you know yes. like it is it, it is a little peak of interest uh and I feel excited I don't feel stressed you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I know yeah I'm definitely more excited for what's to come I'm not worrying about oh my gosh they've still got all of this to do or they're missing out so much I'm trusting the process and so far mm. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. the process. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of interesting that you say that because everything seems really, really bad. Like, this is a very, very challenging situation that Soul Society has found itself in. And so by establishing the precedent that the Quincy's are really, really powerful and can just sweep everything away quickly and easily, every time the Shinigami make a little bit of headway, it feels like a really big victory. It's a really cool way to set up a story that centers around a lot of fighting, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of... We go through a lot of emotions in these two episodes. We go from seeing the elation and the kind of strength on everyone's faces when Yamamoto heads into the front lines. Yeah, Oh. Did to see, the like, Soyphone? Soyphone looks so happy. She, I just, I think it's so funny to me how Soyphone seems to really love Yamamoto. Have you noticed uh-huh. this? I feel like she really likes him. <laughs> I think, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, maybe after uh, Yuoichi left, Yamamoto yeah. really kind of took kindly <laughs> on her. I mean, promoted her. Wait. You know, allowed her to keep both of them together. So, because Do you think... I just thought of this now. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that Yamamoto was like, no, Kisuke Urahara, you have to go away forever. And Soyphone was like, hey, 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 I knew it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's that and the fact that Soyphone was like very, very gung-ho for Rukia's execution, which is something I've never been able to forget about. And like, huh, maybe I'm just like personally offended by the way she steps on Kioni's throat or something, but she's... <laughs> She's, like, very... I don't think I've ever seen her oppose Yamamoto and, in fact, like, is kind of a fangirl. Anyway. <laughs> she fangirls up everyone. It's fine. Yeah, she kind of does. <laughs> she has a Yamamoto shrine right next to her Yuroichi shrine. It's all good. Jesus. Oh, wow. <laughs> she really doesn't have a type, does she? <laughs> no. Huh. <laughs> Speaking of Yamamoto, uh... Is it time to talk about the flashback? Yes, let's talk about the flashback. Oh. Yes. Oh my gosh. And 
the thing about these flashbacks though is that I know we've hated on flashbacks before in this podcast but we that's have, because those those flashbacks have either been not needed because it was a flashback to what happened in the previous episode yeah stuff we'd already seen or it was a flashback that had been added for the point of no reason whatsoever other than to cut out <laughs> an actually important part yes these flashbacks are both canon anime canon manga canon and just so amazing yeah. Yep, yep. We now love the flashback. In, yep, in, yep. In well, no, we, I think we stand the canon flashback. We stand the canon that's, flashback. That's where we are. We yep. stand the canon flashbacks that give us insight and lore to what happened years ago. And character development. Like, yes. Oh, my God. I truly, I cannot get over. It just didn't occur to me how much I was going to fall in love with young Chojiro so quickly (laughs) because and I don't like this is maybe to some extent a testament to the animation style and the voice acting choices but he just he is so earnest and I trust him and if like it's the kind of thing where if Bleach were set in whatever era that is he would be a hardcore fave for me no holds barred no question absolutely Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah he's just you can see <clears throat> from the way he's like, I don't want to be you. I want to learn from you. Like, he's yeah. just so proper about it all. Like, he doesn't want to yeah. be. He has his own goals and he has his own ambitions. He mm-hmm, just doesn't mm-hmm. want to be another foot, foot soldier. He wants to be there. And, uh, yeah, he, he manages to walk the line between asserting his unique viewpoints and being respectful because his his points are really good and he also overtly names the fact that Yamamoto is going to have shortcomings like this is true everybody has shortcomings but the way he expresses that still allows somebody as uh I mean, I imagine Yamamoto is a person whose buttons could get pushed reasonably easily um he manages to like make his point and still make Yamamoto, Yamamoto consider his point. That is an incredible feat. That's amazing. Yeah, Ugh, I just have I have, I truly have nothing but respect for him. He's exactly he's, yeah. He's just, just so good. So much respect for him, and he's just so loyal and a great friend. And as you say, he manages to toe that line perfectly. One day he's respectful, the next day they're having tea parties. You know, it's, yep, it's exactly yeah. English yep. tea parties, because, you know, of course he has his, Oh, yes, of course. The English gentleman in him. Yeah. Aww. And then they brought Robert in as if to... They got rid of one English gentleman, so they brought Robert in and had him speak English. Yeah, <laughs> he's... Like mm, well, mm, yeah. He's also just, like, not even on the same level. No. This is someone worthy of a knighthood. Oh, yeah, he really is, isn't he? I bet he I has got a knighthood. That. I bet. No. One day how? he was... Wait, how? I, how would that even work? He was on a mission in the um, Reverse uh-huh. London and met the Queen. And okay. the Queen oh, knighted yeah. oh, him. Oh, okay, you know, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm sure that he isn't in any official ambassador capacity or anything <laughs> like that, but... He's probably visited, right? Yeah, obviously. I mean, he has to have got his love for tea <gasps> and his little coat from somewhere. He had a birthday really recently. Happy birthday, Chojiro, November 4th. Oh, yeah, so he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's Kenpachi's birthday today, 19th. 
Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, somebody else. Somebody's November 6th. Uh, somebody wait somebody that i feel like i care about hang on hang on, hang on. i have a list here <laughs> okay uh uh let's see if you can get it oh yo oh come on yes definitely oh, no. get this. shoot <laughs> okay <laughs> um would you like me to put you out of your misery mm, which side of the oh it's uru it's uru it, yes it is yeah Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 I was like, I was just thinking about this. Why was I just, so I just had to backtrack in my mind. I got there. Good God. Because I know he's, I know he's a freaking Scorpio, like, obviously. But yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> oh. Um. So yeah, he got, he got tea and everything for his birthday. It's, it's all good. This is Chojiro we're talking about, not Ishida. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. This one. Uh, Ishida that's doesn't cool. get birthday presents, I imagine. It's not like his dad even knows when his birthday is. Oh. I bet. Yeah, I know. No, a, f- a first time, you know, hey, after everything had happened with the Aizen, his first birthday after that, he got surprised because they all turned up on his doorstep with presents for him. Like, it should oh, go. Oh, yes, his friends? All yeah. his friends. Because he has friends now, <laughs> you know. I'm sure Ryukin comes downstairs like, son, are you having a party? What's the occasion? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my cake? He <laughs> just comes in, steals cake and leaves. <laughs> I imagine he doesn't have a sweet tooth. He doesn't strike me as a sweet tooth kind of guy. If he no. can still taste anything after all those cigarettes, God. <laughs> Did, wait. Did you know, hang on, there's a tea ceremony club, and this was revealed in the Bleach official bootleg. Uh, uh, This is incredible. He dislikes Japanese cuisine. Okay, well, we don't need to, gosh, oh, well, well, maybe we're overcorrecting just a bit, but, (laughs) oh my god. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, the head of the club is actually Yamamoto, but... Cause don't they don't they have a um, don't they have like a ceremony and um, Yachiru comes in and all she wants is candy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's fun. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else for three seventy one? Um. Do, 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 do. Shinji. Sorry, that's it. That's what I had. What'd you say? I said Shinji. <laughs> Oh, God, I thought you said Renji. I was like, yes, we've covered that. Oh, my God, I know. And the fact that they're running and, like, the first thing he's... Like, Momo asks asks a good question, and he's like, yeah, asshole. Like, <laughs> it's so good. The, it's the so fact good. that we get a, a little tiny glimpse into their relationship and how casual they are with each other, and she's just like... Mm. Yes. So, I, yeah, I get excited. Which, I got excited by Shinji and Momo. Actually... I had totally forgotten about this, but, like, did you, whatever, I detected, like, a little bit of salt from Shinji when he was like, yeah, this is the first time we've ever really seen Yamamoto on the front lines. I was like, oh. I mean, granted, he has so many rights to have a couple of bitter chips on his shoulder, like, uh, yeah, (laughs) but... It, I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. Like, another instance of, like, what he's saying isn't actually disrespectful in any way. Not really. Not if you look at the words. But if you think about it, hmm. Yeah. And to add to that salt, the manga has an additional additional line where Shinji's <gasps> like, we've got to move, Momo, or the old man's going to have all the fun. Oh, God. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh. 
yeah, we couldn't get if they were in. We could. It was us two hosting this podcast. We couldn't get through it without talking about Shinji and Momo. No, of course not. No. There was a two second long scene, which means we need to talk about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Do you, do you want me to like call out the fact that we got Ukitake's maybe third or fourth line in the whole entire series <laughs> in these two episodes because we've seen his face and heard his voice like twice up to now? <laughs> oh, do we have to talk about that? No. But we get it. Did I just talk about that? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I mean, Kuraku was there as well. We haven't actually spoken about. Yeah, I think we've got more to say about him maybe in 372, technically, kind of, a little, I don't know. Yeah, may- maybe. Well, he also, only in the sense that up to now, he's just been kind of vibing, and we saw him, I think the, the, the position that he was in and the shape of his swords indicate that, without the release command, it seems, by the way, he has now, like, actually gone Shikai, so that might get more interesting shortly yeah and i think at this point kuraku knows that he's not going to be able to do what he's just done before and hopefully talk this person down like he did with stark and say let's just go sit no. on beanbags and drink sake he well, is actually cons- gonna have to considering do some robert has literally already shot his eye out i'm gonna go with no <laughs> <laughs> uh. anyway 372 372 yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> So 372 um, takes manga chapters 506, The Fire 2, 507, The Fire 3, 508, Like an Inferno, 509, Tenchi Kaijen, which is the world reduced Mm. to ash. And Mm. then we start volume 58 with The Extinction, which is 510. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, as we've spoken about before, the added Ishida scenes, but I'm going to come mm. to that later because it's actually Ooh, a okay. good point to have. Um, okay. <laughs> there's a, a panel in the manga where Yamamoto actually rescues Kenpachi. He runs in, takes oh Kenpachi gosh. out of um, Yahabaha's hands and like gently puts him down on the ground. <laughs> I was just like, that's so oh. cute. Oh, well, do, <laughs> you think, hmm, do you think Yamamoto kind of like? <laughs> has insight into whatever makes Kenpachi special that Yuhabaha might want, and he's trying to to mitigate that? Ooh, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he's just riding high from having saved Chuhei. He's like, now I'm going to save everybody. I (laughs) I need to kind of prove my worth. I'm here now. You've made me work. (laughs) (laughs) They skipped a huge part, and I'm going to be very interested to see if they cover this next episode. But in okay. this part of the manga, we get Lloyd and Lloyd Void's backstories oh, telling us how oh, their be- powers worked. I bet we're not going to get that. I think we've moved on. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, they're both they're both dead now, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, because Lloyd Void are both dead now. So I'd say that we're not right. going to get, which is good because well, I kind of want to talk about it a little bit more in discussion points because I've got a question for you. Yeah, I think I, that that seems, yeah, because also knowing how quickly we glanced over the three people that Kenpachi fought, I, I just, I think if we've gotten a, a, a high level understanding of powers and now we've seen that these people are dead, I don't think that's where we're going to be dwelling mm-hmm. in the details. I, I think we're going to be moving forward yeah. probably. Um, and then the other big manga difference we got is that we, in the anime, we actually see Yahabaha and Aizen have their discussion when Yahabaha tries to recruit and we don't get that in the manga. Mm. It's just kind of 
alluded yep, to yep. off screen, whereas we actually get Darn. to see Aizen in all of his bound glory. Oh, hmm. <laughs> so, that's a change. Here's the thing: Chair Coon was an icon back in the back in the manga release days. So the choice to have Aizen maybe reverting from his former butterfly form back into something that is a little cocoon-like. I don't know what the deal with that is. Um, I just, like, got way more emotionally attached to the chair in the manga <laughs> than I ever anticipated until I saw that they took it away the, in the anime. I, was, I think the yeah. chair is... is I love the... I fucking love the chair. Aizen X Chair Coon was a ship for a bit. I don't know why we've made this change. <laughs> Slash, I think I'm just resisting it because it's different but i felt very emotionally attached to the chair because i saw it and i was like because of course there's the whole it's been that ship kind of been brought back because of bleach wave souls and the um Eisen well, unit God. with the chair and everyone was referring to him as chair sama so oh, that means chair sama well chair sama and chair coon just imply different relationships i guess yeah but... <laughs> neither chair mm. dominates him i don't know let's not go there <laughs> what do you have you seen how he's dressed? I think they already went there. Are you kidding? <laughs> look, look at him. Look at him. <laughs> uh, so, um, it's a bondage chair, Nomi. Anyway, as you were saying. So, yeah, I feel like, because I also was like, there's no chair. But in the manga, we get a, the only flashback we get of Aizen in this chair is when Aizen's actually in Senor 46. So he's in Senor 46, he's getting his sentence and he's mm. sitting in a chair there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it might be that they just took away his chair in the manga as well and he's, they just, he doesn't even mm. get a chair. <laughs> mm. I mean, I don't think it's a matter of comfort. I think they both look equally uncomfortable if you can't move for 18,000 or 20,000 years, depending. Like, uh, I think the changes that bother me the most are the ones that don't seem to have a purpose. I'm curious <laughs> about the purpose of this, and I I and I miss Chair Coon and or Chair Sama. Chair Coon to me, we're closer than that. So, wait. I <sighs> mean, he could come back. He could come. I don't He'd know. Fucking better. I'll be waiting with bated breath for the return of Chair Coon. It's, Genuinely, yeah. We might want to have a seat for it though, because it might be a long way. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that yeah no genuine off the record i'm like a little bit like okay so how are you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, okay all right okay i just mm, okay we'll see <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah so that was that was the manga animated princess yeah <laughs> ending on cool Yahabaha okay and okay yeah <laughs> okay okay great I think, you know, I imagine they put that conversation into the manga to kind of remind us of what Aizen's deal is right now, because they didn't have to have that conversation, but it was awfully convenient. You know, I think something that they've done really well in this arc so far, actually, is give us exposition without making it exposition-y. And so the moment when Yuhabaha's like, or maybe Aizen says this, I don't remember, one of them says, oh... Well, because you're fused with the Hogyoku, it would be really challenging to keep you in a way that is safe if I were to bring you back to my realm or something. And it's like a really casual way of reminding us like, oh, right, Aizen fused with the Hogyoku <laughs> yeah. last season or two seasons ago, or whatever, before the Fullbringer arc. Yeah. Um, but it didn't feel 
it didn't feel like it was for our benefit. Like it actually felt like a part of that conversation. Yeah. And like, I wonder then this whole thing with Aizen is, Yohabaha has got special interests. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I said that in a way that could be taken to special interests in a completely Mm -hmm. different connotation. And you did that to yourself. I I did not help you with that. (laughs) It's just the tone of my voice. Um, So Mm. is Aizen another one of... um, Yuhaba has special interests and Okay, but the the idea that Kenpachi and Aizen would be on the same level would probably <laughs> piss Aizen off so much if that's the case. Can you imagine? It really would. But the thing the difference is is that Yuhabaha sees Aizen as someone that he could recruit on his side. He'd much mm-hmm. rather have Aizen on his side than be fighting against Aizen. Yes. Which I think is reasonable mm-hmm. from anybody's standpoint. Fighting against Aizen sounds like a bad day. It, it really does. I mean, look at what happened to poor Ichigo when he fought against Aizen. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there, there was a whole ass war. It had to be a whole <laughs> ass war to fight Aizen properly. I mean, this, I mean, is, this Aizen... is turning out to be a whole ass war as well. So Aizen and Yuhabaha are actually like one-on-one. Whereas Tsukushima mm. and Kugo, they didn't get a war. They just got many fights. So Right. I mean, but they had different goals, right? <laughs> they had they they had category like I think the Fullbringers had goals on a slightly smaller scale anyway. They were far more personally driven than driven by uh speculations about the nature of the universe, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. You said you had a point to make about Uryu? Yes. <clears throat> so this is the added Ishida scenes, reading his grandpa's diary, getting us that story, we, the manga, has never made these connections before. We knew that yeah, there was two different okay. wars, but they've never had those connections before. So I, it, Uyu, I was like, Aizen, Ichigo, Uyu. <laughs> Uyu giving us that kind of lore is finally, for us as longtime readers, making more sense. However, we do have to take the information that was given to us with a tiny little pinch of pinch of salt because perspection is everything. And this information is being told to us in a diary by a Quincy. Yeah. Yep. Soul Reapers may have a different side of the story. There's always two sides to a coin after all, or in some cases there might be three sides. Because um, <laughs> we've got a thousand years ago the Quincy's attack Soul Society, then 800 years later, the Soul Reapers finally decide, and we all know that one, Soul Reapers take ages oh. to make decisions, and two, Soul Reapers like to incarcerate and kill people for things that they could potentially do in the future. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Maggot's nest. So, <laughs> so that at least kind of fits the bill. The, two, the war 200 years ago fits the bill from this point of view. Mm, mm, mm. But the Quincy's, a Quincy diary telling us that Quincy's attacking Soul Society seems a little off to me. I don't know about you. Well, my understanding was that it was uh, a thousand years ago, the Quincy's tried to destroy all hollows. uh, And part of that involved invading Soul Society because hollows sometimes chill there. Maybe. Uh, Oh, maybe. Uh, and then Soul Society was like, absolutely not, because you're going to mess with balance. 
Uh, I don't, and then I guess, you know, they, they clashed a thousand years ago and then it took them another 800 years to go, which this is also something from a metaphysics standpoint that I'm a little bit like, hmm, really guys? So the Shinigami decided that they were going to exterminate the Quincy's 200 years ago. Not for nothing, but ain't that gonna fuck with balance too? Yeah. I only ask that because it says exterminate. It doesn't say, because of course, if the Quincy's, who I mean, are Quincy's categorically human, or are they Quincy? Like, are they are they different? Do they when they die, they don't? I don't. I actually haven't. Hmm. Hmm. Like, if Udiu dies, is he just a person who has the opportunity to maybe come to Soul Society? And I or I I I don't actually know. Well, we have a kind of example for something that's happening, whether or not it can be taken as gospel. But when Soken died oh good call Mayuri managed to bring it managed to get his body and experiment on it to kind of find out right. how Quincy's ticked yes <clears throat> whether or not Sokin was actually dead at that point or whether or not Mayuri didn't do something to stop whatever natural process happens to Quincy's like if they are just human and they are just soul do they just go to soul society or well, that's they... also that was Sokin's body. That wasn't his soul. Oh, good point. You know, so I don't know. I don't. I actually don't know whether we have an answer to that anywhere in canon. So, listeners, if you feel like you have a, a point, uh, like a manga chapter or an episode that you can point us to that answers this more thoroughly, definitely let us know. Because uh, I'm just not sure, and I think doing that research right now would take a little, a little too long to justify. But because if the Shinigami feel comfortable exterminating the Quincy. I do wonder about how that impacts balance too. Mm-hmm. So they must have felt comfortable enough for some reason, but it's I mean if all it else fails me they'll that just that's get okay. Mayuri to rewrite the balance like he did um with Two hundred years ago, Mayuri was not a trusted individual. <laughs> No, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, unless, no. unless this is the thing that got him put into Maggot's Nest, because we don't know how that oh happened. Oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, because that's another, we don't, we don't actually know why he ended up there now, do we? Exactly. All we know is that a hundred mm. years ago, uh, Kisuke pulled him out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Uh. <sighs> so, okay, so that little piece of history is locked in, and that's nice. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, as I say, I'm actually liking the extra bits that we're getting and the extra dialogues that we're getting and I'm taking it all even though it's not in the manga, it is canon. I agree. Yep. Yeah. Kubo was so involved that I'm happy to take frankly most of this arc of the manga just as straight up canon. Exactly. Or excuse me, yeah. this arc of the anime. Definitely. And the fact that the director was sending scripts to him and he's like, no, this is not how this character would say things and send it back yes. to him. It just makes me so oh happy. Oh my God. Ugh. Me too. Mm. Uh, what else happened in this episode? <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, there was a whole ass Bond guy. <laughs> there was a whole ass Bond guy. I remember, I'm just staring at my notes going, none of these make any sense. No, it's fine. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. You might, and depending on how much you remember of the manga, you might be able to answer it mm, okay. in a different way to somebody else might answer it. Mm. So, with what we know of Yahabaha now, in his fight to Yamamoto, we see that he's quite shaken and that he's quite kind of 
unnerved by the fact that he's seeing his dead subordinates in, mm. in these things. Now mm-hmm. that we know that that wasn't Yuhabaha at all, it was Void. Yeah. Do you think if that had have been Yahabaha, he would have reacted like hmm. that or would he have reacted differently? I think he would have reacted differently. There's no way he cares that much. He's just not a he's not the kind of guy you can shake with something like that, I think. Mm-hmm. Unless, I mean it depends because like I'm thinking about when Kenpachi was describing his fight with the other yourself and he was like, "All right, so all I had to do was be stronger than your impression of me." So in that way, I guess this was an impression of Yuhabaha. And presumably, I don't know, I could go either way. Because presumably, it's pretty fucking good, right? Like, it fooled Yamamoto for long enough, and that's the whole point of the yourself ability. So, I don't know. It's hard to say. No matter how he felt, I still don't think it would have stopped him from acting however he felt he needed to. Mm-hmm. What if I then told you that the yourself that Kenpachi fought could mimic others' powers and skills in addition to their appearance? And the difference with Void, who is Yahabaha, is that he can mimic another person's memories and mind in addition to their appearance. Memories and mind don't necessarily have, like, a direct certain implication for future action, though. Like, he has the past and the way that he chose to visually and verbally react in the moment against Yamamoto was like informed by those memories but that doesn't mean that what he manifested was exactly the way that Yuha Baha would it's like um oh what's the theory called it's it's like it's like the multiple timelines it's it's like as if there were multiple timelines diverging from the same point mm. you know yeah. they they're exactly the same up until the present and then going up into the fu- going off into the future they can diverge in literal millions of different ways uh, i don't know is that the butterfly effect is that what you're talking about no, no. i'm not no, no it's it's different from that the butterfly effect is like oh you change something small and then it has these massive ripple That's effects it. for the future yeah. i'm sure there there is a name for this thing but i don't remember what it is yeah I'm just thinking of variants from Loki now. It's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, it's, it's not unlike that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, yeah, that was because that was something I was watching because you, you see in Yahabaha's facial expressions when he's fighting that he is quite unnerved and that he does seem to be showing a different personality that we wouldn't have associated with what we know of Yahabaha f- first. Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. when, we, when we get the reveal that this is actually void then it was like, are we actually seeing Void at this point or are we actually seeing Void emulating a perfect copy of Yahabaha? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with perfect copy up until the point of taking over that identity. After that, all bets are off. It doesn't mean he's acting exactly the way that Mm -hmm. Yahabaha would have. Yeah, because if if Void didn't know how how Yahabaha would have reacted at this point, then he's not going to have anything to go on. Yeah, he's he's making inferences. Yeah. Like, reasonable ones, but yeah. He he you can't be sure. Exactly, yeah. Good question. Mm. Um so yeah, that was void. <laughs> and I I oh, RIP. RIP. And I want to know how people who didn't know that was going to happen Ooh, would have taken that yeah. because of course I was sitting here watching this and I this was one thing that I remembered from reading the manga I was like that is not Yahabaha this is not over 
So I want to know from the perspective of someone who didn't know that that was coming. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, it's a cool reveal. And as I alluded to at the top of this episode, it is not the first time Kubo's been like, oh, the old switcheroo. switcheroo. (laughs) Yeah. And there was... It's kind of a Kubo classic. It really is. We touched briefly on Yamamoto's Bankai. Yeah, we should probably talk a little more thoroughly about that. Yeah, because that is probably the most in-depth and extensive Bankai that we have seen to date. Yeah, so far. We have I'm seen... curious about a couple others, but yeah. Because yeah. we've seen Ichigo's Bankai, which is literally just Getsuga Tensho. Bam, done. Yeah, okay, <laughs> he's got his final Getsuga Tensho. That's not, that's not fair. Sometimes it looks different. <laughs> No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Renji's Bankai, which Good is God. lovely. Mm. Biakua's Bankai moving up into different like skill levels. Someone who's ha- probably had their Bankai a while now, as opposed to mm-hmm. Renji and Ichigo who got it out of necessity. Um, right. Right. Biakua, right. we've seen a couple of different abilities. I think we've what, seen two, three abilities of Biakua's. Uh, yeah, well, he's he's a person who we know conclusively has multiple iterations of his Bankai. Mm-hmm. His Bankai has a couple of different abilities housed within it. Yeah. But I feel like the extensive of his Bankai isn't extensive as... No, I feel like his Bankai Extent? isn't as extensive as Yamamoto's. They just seemed... It, they seemed to be... Each one just seemed to be its own Bankai. Whereas, right, yeah. I mean, I think they're often referred to as like Bankai special abilities. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think of. Yeah, because like I'm like Mayuri's Bankai can do different things. Tozen's Bankai required some explanation, and we spent some time with it. But yeah, this is like frankly, I think the closest analog might be like Kyoraku's Shikai, if you mm. think about it, because it's like, here, we're going into this mode. Are we doing this or are we doing this or are we doing this? We're not ever going to be doing any of them at the same time and all of them are different versions of how to fuck you up. Yeah. That is a very good analogy of the fact that Kuraku, we've seen Kuraku Shikai, and it is, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, it's loads of different games that he can play, but they are different games as, to quote you, to fuck you up. <laughs> right, right, right. It's interesting, It's now that we're talking about it this way, it does make me wonder whether uh, there is something to be said for the power level of one's Bankai, and whether it has those multi-step capacities or something. Like, to be able to unlock, for example, all four of Yamamoto's cardinal directions with that Bankai, it seems unlikely to me that when Yamamoto first learned Bankai, he just had mastery over all four of these techniques. I, I, I wonder if having access to different Bankai techniques indicates a higher level of power. Because think about, like, as not being, like, not everybody could handle Byakuya's Bankai, for example. Mm-hmm. And that's pr- we like we know Byakuya has a really powerful Bankai, and we know that there are multiple things he can do with it. Uh, I, I wonder if there's there's a correlation between those two things. Possibly, yeah. Because 
I Yamamoto's been around for a while, so I feel like he, uh, yeah. he didn't get his Bankai and all of a sudden be able to command all four cardinal points of his Bankai. Right. And he even states in talking to Yuhabaha, with quotation marks, um, mm. that Yuhabaha has only seen one ability. Right. Yeah, in that space right. of that whole fight, he just let loose and showed off all four. Yep. In hindsight, probably wasn't the smartest thing to do, especially because nope. he wasn't even fighting Yabaha. <laughs> well, he didn't know that. No, the one that really gets me is like when real Yuhabaha at the end is like, oh, I bet you've depleted all of your fighting spirit. And Yamamoto's like, oh, yeah, watch me, Bankai. And then gets his, <laughs> I, dude, it's the one thing they've been doing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, oh. Could it have gone differently though? Had you uh, had Yamamoto not just come straight in and gone Bankai and actually looked around at his surroundings, do you think he would have realized that maybe he didn't need to have gone Bankai? To do you think he didn't need to go Bankai? Well, do you? If he realized it was Void, do you think Void is as powerful as? Uh, oh, no, I just mean, in order to take down Yahabaha, I think you do need yeah. Bankai. Yeah, like, definitely. I feel like that's it. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, no. To defeat Royd? Obviously not, because that was comparatively easy. Mm-hmm. Like, that was that was a slice through the spinal cord and dunzo, it was right? very gross. Like, we even saw a bone. And, like, oh, I loved it. it was- <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> it was like a steak. <laughs> I really was. I said that. I was like, it's like meat. The It's like cartoon meat. Well, I guess it is. It's No, it's not. I mean, it's meat. It, it is meat. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Sorry, uh... everybody. Only a little. Uh, um. <laughs> Never thought we'd be saying this about a Disney show. <laughs> Watching. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that it's on Disney Plus. That's shocking. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I think I think Yamamoto earnestly like did what he needed to do, and uh, he was he was probably he didn't want to fuck around. Like he wanted to end this, and for him that meant Bankai. Yeah. All iterations. And he's definitely a a kind of act now, think later kind of guy oh is he i hadn't noticed (laughs) yeah yo no you're right no but i I gotta say like listen i know that i've given yamamoto a lot of shit on this podcast throughout the years uh and i still feel somewhat justified in that because he is a very impulsive person he has tendencies toward violence that i don't love which i recognize is like probably an inevitability in a show that centers largely around a military organization. <laughs> like, yes, I, yes. But it was really cool to see him go this hard and show us what he was actually capable of. Like, these powers, and these powers are completely reflective of who he is as a person, too. Like, he is ruthless. He is okay using people. Like, his his horde of corpses south ability, he's, he's literally using people in the most literal way possible. And that feels right to me. And you know what? If he'd actually been able to defeat Yuhabaha that way, 
I I wouldn't have been able to criticize him for it. It was like he he does what needs to be done and damn anybody who feels like it's a problem that he uses the methods that he uses. So I think like fundamentally all of my problems with Yamamoto come down to the fact that I disagree with him ideologically about like almost everything. Uh, but this is a cool Bankai and he's a cool character. I just love to hate him because... Yeah. There's a lot, and like it's a yeah, it's it's pure it's pure ideology. As a character, this makes him cool. I think until Bonkai, I would not have considered him cool. <laughs> but when we spend more time with him and flesh him out a little bit more, I start to care more. So, I mean, even with that Bonkai, you, you can't necessarily yeah. associate him with cool because there's way too much heat there. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I am more deceased than Royd Lloyd. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, man, more deceased than Byakuya, should I say that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, um, what, do, what do you think about Yamamoto's Bankai? What are your reactions? I had forgotten about the corpse. Oh, really? It's like the one I, thing that I knew I remembered. <laughs> Yeah, no, I had forgotten about the corpses, and at first I misinterpreted that and misinterpreted it because I was like, "Oh, Yamamoto really does work as subordinates to the bone now, if it doesn't, he, if he's resurrecting them." And then my sister's like, "No, those are the Quincy's." I was like, "Oh, that makes more sense." <laughs> okay, but he could have used the corpses of any. I mean, listen, if there hadn't been a fuck ton of Quip- Quincy corpses around, do I think he would have used Shinigami corpses? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I had forgotten that had happened, and I felt it was, and I was trying to find a correlation between why there were cardinal directions. Why has he labeled them north, south, east, and west? And I have a possible answer, but if you've got a thought, then I'd I'd love to hear it. The first. only one I could think of is the the sunset cloak one, where he cloaks himself into the sun, and that's west, mm. and the sun sets in the west. That's the only link I could find. Mm. Oh, I see. Like, why each cardinal direction linked to the ability that it did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't have a great answer to that. But when it comes to why he encompasses all four cardinal directions, uh, his release command, as I remember it, uh, is all things in the universe turn to ash. Mm. And so if you're casting out in all four cardinal directions, then that covers all things in the universe pretty handily. Yeah, because Viz translation has the world reduced to ash. And my sister's fan translation had heaven and earth reduced to ash. So universe, yeah, yeah, yeah it's of, all, yeah. I, yeah, you know, it's and it's it's poetic anyway. So there's going to be some some subjective interpretation when it comes to translation, yeah. and that doesn't bother me. Yeah. So yeah, no, that actually makes sense. I, <laughs> the world, universe, they yeah. have cardinal directions. So yeah, <laughs> but it's actually kind of neat because if you think about the Quincy's have been skulking in the shadows for a certain number of years, and Yamamoto's abilities only cast out in about to what he can see mm-hmm. and experience and take in. And so the idea of like, haha, I I dominate everything. Well, not actually everything. It's just a matter of how creative you are. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I think it's a very fitting Bankai for someone who is held in such high esteem and commands and has commanded 
the GOAT A13 for 2,000 years and has oh, seen battle. Longer than that. Longer than that, even. True. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. No, oh, he's like a powerful old dude. He really is. <laughs> See how he's he really fighting? He takes his top off. Who did it get hot in here? I'm kidding. <laughs> Good Lord. That's... <laughs> that... <laughs> that one doesn't really do it for me, <laughs> despite the fact that I am low-key horny on main for 95% of this cast. <laughs> I bet he gives nice warm hugs. That's all. <laughs> Yamamoto? And he has a soft spot. Are you serious? And he has a soft spot for Yachiro, so I bet, you know. Oh, huh. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, I posit that his hugs are fine, but not as good as Chojiro's. <laughs> yes, Chojiro gives the better hugs. Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, like you've just had a really long, hard day, and you've been reprimanded by Yamamoto, and then Chojiro comes to you and asks if you need a uh, need a hug. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I feel like I've, that's the beginning. You know those fics that are like, uh, that I don't know what the, the subgenre is called, but it's like the, the, the UX person but like very platonic so it's like this is you ex chojiro oh, yeah. after a training day and chojiro hugs you that's the thing yeah oh that reminds me of my fandom shout out from the first episode we did with thousand year blood war with chojiro and oh little... i know i know yeah. i know oh, you can just imagine oh, them going so to get bad. hugs yes yamaji yeah, yelled at us it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, he did, boys. You deserved it. Now come here and I'll give you a hug. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh. Oh. <sighs> well, do you have anything else for 372? Uh, no. The only things I've got next are volume covers. Okay, so I was gonna, hmm, I was thinking about this. Mm -hmm. Given that I have read these manga chapters in order in the past, does the volume game become less fun? Or do we just still do it anyway? Because I will be relying both on clues and also my memory this time. <laughs> um, Is that cheating too much? Yeah, and I kind of gave the answer away at the start of the uh, the podcast recording. Um, oh, did you? Well, I said the volume title, and that's a big clue. But you might not have heard that. Uh, I'm sure I heard it, but can you remind me? Uh, yeah, out of out to bloom. Oh yeah, and I, I frankly, you say that, and I you say that it, it it's like the character in question is like cast in sort of like a bluish tint, and the, is that what this is? Yeah. Like yeah, I I, I can picture it perfectly. Yeah. It's like not well. Do you still want to play? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> the the, the anime, I know who it is, and I know what the image is. The anime has also taken the fun out of this as well because they're giving us the poems at the end of the episodes. Maybe they took a leaf out of our book. <laughs> they really did. Huh? I'm choosing to take credit for that. <laughs> yep, we we. Although, do you know what? I sort of um. Uh, even before I knew what the poem was going to be, though, when I saw the text, because um, because they, I, I do like that they have they choose which voice actors yes. are read the poem. I didn't know going into it because uh, because flowers are apropos in both cases, whether it was going to be Byakuya or Kyoraku. Mm. Either one would have made a lot of sense. I thought. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. For for the audience, um, volume fifty seven yes. poem is a petal falling, never to bloom again, a petal in flames, full of beauty. And tell us who it is, Del. That is Byakuya needs a hug from Shojiro very badly, <laughs> Kuchki. 
Yes, yes, it is. Unless I've just been talking out. I'm that. I was like, surely I, I can't say it that confidently and then be <laughs> fully wrong. But you never. Know. I mean, I was, <laughs> it's, it's I was gonna here, right? totally like troll you and go. Actually, no, it's actually gonna be um, Ukitaki mm. And but no, <laughs> no, you you can never pull that one on me because the second that name gets a cover, which is gonna be never, I'm gonna know about it. You can't fool me. Uh, you can't fool me with that one. Uh-huh. Um, and then yeah, we had one chapter half a chapter because they skipped the first three pages of volume 58 Mm. as well Mm, okay which is the heart burns even though the rain falls okay well (laughs) (laughs) the only reason why i'm doing it this week is because it fits to actually what happened in the episode (laughs) yeah is this um Head Captain Genryu Sai Shikakuni needs a hug from Chojiro Sasuke very badly Yamamoto (laughs) Yeah, volume 58, The Fire, Yamamoto. Yeah. Yeah. Wowie. <clears throat> okay. Um, I guess that's us for episode discussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, news this week or no? Um, I just want to urge everyone to um, go to Twitter before it closes down. And oh, good <laughs> Find the artwork of the original Gote 13. Ooh. And... Two interviews that we've got with um, Marita, who is Ichigo's voice actor, Kubo himself, and the director. And they talk about the opening and the flowers in the opening, which is a really cool read. Oh, sick. And also um, an interview with Kubo again um, on how much his involvement with the production of Bleach and how his involvement has helped the director a lot. So definitely go check out those two interviews and check out the... uh, the artwork and play the guessing game with everybody in the comments of who which squad do you think these people might belong to (laughs) some of them you'll probably be able to yeah draw conclusions yeah yeah (laughs) some of them might surprise you and then look at the um the edgeworth in the corner in the top right hand corner i think it's (laughs) funny it's like phoenix white edgeworth (laughs) it's great um but also if you're afraid of spoilers don't look too closely. Oh yeah, if you're afraid of it, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I don't. Yeah, it, mm, yeah. Regard at your own risk. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, and also, um, if you are planning in advance, just like maybe some people in the world, the first thirteen episodes of Thousand Year Blood War will be released on DVD on April twenty sixth, and that makes up the first arc of this arc. The first part. Of April the 26th of 2023. Yes. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Uh, they're already planning a DVD and Blu-ray, guys. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sometimes you don't want to go to Disney Plus to stream everything. <laughs> oh. Uh, um, all right. So, I suppose that's it for... Uh, that was our little delving into the Don Guy mm-hmm. section. Um, that brings us to our Shinigami Cup, Peroxide Edition. Who wore it best this week, Nomi? Um, the person that wore it best is the, I say person, the blood and bones of dead Quincy's on Ryujin Jacka. Darn right. It's just, it's objectively cool. It's objectively cool. It really cool. is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, this week, I chose... Uh, Master Genryusai wearing his name Aww. in honor of Sasuke Bay. Because 
I, it's nice to know where that came yeah. from, especially when people do have long names or nicknames or evolutions of names. Mm. So I liked that detail, and I like the fact that he made that choice in honor of a person he cared about. It's a good choice. Yeah. It is a good choice. Bless. All right. Uh, best ship this week? Uh, tying into what you just said, the loyalty between Chijiro and Yamamoto and their friendship. Hell yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Um, oh God, <laughs> I went stupid for this one. Um, my my ship, my best ship for this week, and because it's once again, I was just like, "Huh, you really do like doing this, don't you, buddy?" <laughs> um, my ship this week is Kubo Sensei and messing up slash messing with slash covering up one eye and one <laughs> eye only. It just happens a lot because there was two this week. There were three. Oh. There was that little memory Quincy guy that was messing with Royd, not Yuhabaha person. Oh, yeah. There's Aizen, and and I guess Chunsui wasn't like oh. a reveal. Like, that happened before, but... No, there was another one. There was another one? Tetsuzu Zaymon. Oh, really? I missed that. Yeah, he you was, can, he's oh. still wearing his glasses. His glasses, my eye note, are I mean, intact, but he's got noticeably <gasps> blood down one eye. Oh, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he's getting a little bit of action. Uh, he's another one where it's like, huh, we really haven't seen you, have we, buddy? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I forgot you existed. Yep. Um, no, no, never. <laughs> oh, you want to you talk lut- lieutenant loyalty that gut punches me in the feels? No. Oh, okay, yeah. Fucking love it. Okay. Um, that brings us to double take. Uh, my double take this week is all the Quincy law we got. Um, oh my god! Because of course, the last time we heard about the Quincy Law was back in chapter forty-six, uh, which Good is Lord. Ishida's first ever entrance, and it's Rukia telling the story to Ichigo of what she knows of Quincy's. So that's the last time wow. we had Quincy Law. So yeah. Okay, it's been a while. Yeah, that's why it's my double take because I went through that rabbit hole of finding out when and when and how and why. <laughs> huh? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, mine this week is something that I thought about bringing up earlier, but then decided not to because I knew I was going to talk about it here. Uh, truly, like, when, when, when I first listened to this, when I first watched the first episode, I had to stop and pause and go, oh gosh, I'm having a very strong emotional reaction. And then when I rewatched the episodes this morning, I had to do it again. <laughs> um, my my double take is Asnot's voice. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I also just feel it's important that everybody knows that this seiyu, uh, uh, his name is Yoshitsugu Matsuoka. Uh, best known for, among other things, Kirito from Sword Art Online, Sora from No Game No Life, Soma from Food Wars. Uh, he's also like Inosuke on Demon Slayer, which I feel like is weirdly not like that one's less of a but i'm like this is fun you're this is kirito this is so fucking which i haven't even really watched that show but so i was expecting as not to be like generally creepy and probably a slow speaker and probably a deliberate speaker but i just the the vocal quality that matsuoka used i don't know He's he's just in a, in a, he is uh I I I he's like now one of my very favorite seiyus ever ever after this like I 
I, I'm truly, truly, truly floored. Um, and it also says on his Wikipedia page that he was inspired by Akira Ishida, who was my, like, number one favorite seiyuu of all time. So <laughs> it's like, yay, hooray, I'm happy that artists are responding to each other in ways that uh, that, that show up in their work. So uh, my double take was Asnot's voice, because I could, like, I, I, could, I could listen to it for forever. Like, I want Asnot to do ASMR <laughs> for me. I... I, 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 I Truly, like, I, I, I am clearly so emotional about it that I can't even put it into words properly, but it really did something for me. So that's it. That's good. <laughs> cool. cool. Uh, okay. Fandom shout out this week. I am following on with a theme and I have here some mm-hmm. artwork from To Boldly Muppet over on Tumblr. Ooh. Oh my god. I was waiting for your reaction. Yes. <laughs> it is oh. Yamamoto and Chojiro just in an embrace, however you want to take it. Uh, titled is To Grow Old With You. And it's just I so soft this. and so sweet. And the light is just shining down on them. Um, and it's just adorable. And we know that they are probably really good friends. Oh. And okay, so this is I. This was informing your spicy take that Yamamoto gives good hugs. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh shit. I love that. Yeah. It's so soft and so cute. Wow. Good find. Oh man. Um. Wow. I'm also going to be continuing on with something of a theme, uh, but also uh, like expanding. So the the piece of art that I found first was indeed of Yamamoto, but then I started scrolling through the rest of this artist's work and they've just got some dope pieces in a really cool style of like Ichigo, Kisuke, Kyoraku. It's, you'll see. Uh, So they're on both Reddit and Instagram. Uh, And their Reddit links to their Instagram too, so I don't think they have a preference about where you follow them. Uh, They're called, they're called Simply Arts. Uh, I'll drop the link to the Instagram as well. Um, Oh, wow. I'm sharing a piece of Yamamoto first, but like, I, I, my God, I just recommend scrolling all the way through. There's a super dope one of As Not as well. There's like a great shot of Byakuya's face looking scared and in trouble. Um the the use of color they often will do the same image and then recolor it a couple of different times just to play uh and they're really active like now a lot of these were posted like you know a week ago two weeks ago uh it's just a it's a neat interpretation of bleach art that feels true to the style and also innovative so yeah check them out give them a follow so this, this- uh, i think they're doing dope shit <laughs> What? I scrolled down and there's a picture of Aizen with a cup that says Momo. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost thought of sharing that one and I was like, I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with the colors. Some of the, the, um, the As Not ones that you just posted. Aren't they neat? They are so cool with the cat at the end. I don't know what the cat's about. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, oh, they're so good. Now it wants me to log in. There we go. Oh. Yeah. And there's the Ichigo one as well. On the the yeah. colors. How there's a, there's a really colors. good Kisuke one, too, that I'll drop. Um, oh, actually, well, here's here's a good Kyorakushikai moment. Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. 
Isn't that stunning? Yes. Where's the? Oh shoot! I think I closed. Oh, here's here's the Urahara one. Here we go. So yeah, it's just, it's just it's just cool, and it feels like very modern. Oh, that is I think. cool. Yeah, isn't it? Would never have associated a yellow with him, but it fits. Isn't it cool? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, per usual, links will be in the mm-hmm. show notes to both of these fantastic artists. All right. Anything else for you, Naomi? No, I believe that is everything for me. All right. Well, you know what that means, you wonderful souls. That is the end of another episode. If you like what you heard and you want to get involved, you can find us by searching for The Seyrete on Instagram and T Seyrete on Twitter while that lasts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, Ichigo and Rukia might reap souls, but we are hoping to reap some five-star reviews, and that is where you come in. Make like our favorite orange-haired protector and Ichi go to iTunes and Spotify to rate us and review us and make us feel like number one. On the next episode of the podcast, we'll be covering anime episodes 373 and 374. We'll see you souls then. Till next time. Bye. Bye. I gotta say, I think I have only ever watched things on Disney Plus in a way that is so passive that I've never needed to do that. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm a, I'm an absolute liar. I say that like I haven't been like mainlining Andor a lot, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. I like it more than I like Obi-Wan. Don't tell. Ooh, we haven't watched it yet. We've been finishing. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. Now that Bake Off's I finished, I think we might pick a bundle. Oh, yeah. I just finished Bake Off yesterday. Yeah. 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 Were you pleased? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm really happy with the winner. Yeah. Yeah, I was pleased. Yeah. Great. (laughs) Cool.